What if the church is losing influence? Less than 20% of Americans attend church and it will no longer be that we are changing the world. Outside of church walls, there is no hope. For those who say we will bring hope are not living out what they preach. Let them no longer say they came together to make Jesus known. What if we forget this common purpose? The church cannot lay aside our differences and actually serve together. What if we abandon the city? We will refuse to look back and say, what if we did more? What if we could change it? What if we stepped out of denominational lines? What if we were united under one cause? What if we brought the love of Christ to our city? What if we flipped the script and did more? What if we look back and say we will refuse to abandon the city? What if we actually serve together and lay aside our differences? The church cannot forget this common purpose. What if we came together to make Jesus known? Let them no longer say they are not living out what they preach. We will bring hope for those who say there is no hope. Outside of church walls, we are changing the world. It will no longer be that less than 20% of Americans attend church and the church is losing influence. What if? What if God called you to a hard place to do ministry? A place where there was nothing but brokenness and dysfunction and poverty and pain and addiction and prostitution? Could you imagine how difficult it would be to do ministry in a place like that? Can you imagine how lonely you would get? Can you imagine how overwhelmed you'd feel? Can you imagine that sometimes you would probably feel a sense of hopelessness? If God called you to do ministry in a place like that, would you listen to the voice of God and do it? Would you have enough faith to believe and answer the call when God said, I want you to do this right here, right now? And I'm the pastor of Overland Park Community Church, and I'm glad to be with you today. I'm glad you chose to come uh, to service and just thinking about what if we believe together. And the truth of the matter is, is if you live uh, in Kansas City, and I've lived here for about four years now, and it's amazing to me how many really dark places there are in our city. Um, living in South Overland Park and driving just a short drive, sometimes it feels like I'm going into another country. And it's hard to believe when I get into the urban core how dark and how difficult it would be uh, to grow up there. If you think about a little boy or a little girl who comes into the world, they have no, um, no power whatsoever in the decision-making process of where they're born. Yet every day there are probably children who are born in these types of places that they have to come out of that environment. And that's what it's like for them to grow up is, is it's constantly a dark hard place to live. And if we're going to believe together as a church, so the church like universal, we just think about all of the churches all throughout the world, everywhere, if we're going to believe together, then we cannot forget about these dark and hard places that it is to reach. Jesus told Peter something very interesting one time 
uh, in the New Testament. He asks them a, a question, and basically we find that Jesus teaches this idea that the church is the hope of the world. And so he's got his disciples there, and, and, and they're walking along the road. They're kind of doing their thing, and he asks them a question. I want to read the passage of Scripture to you. It's found in Matthew chapter 16, verses 13 through 19. And it says, when Jesus came to the region of Caesarea, Philippi, he asked his disciples, who do people say the Son of Man is? And they replied, Some say John the Baptist, others say Elijah, and still others, Jeremiah or one of the prophets. But what about you, he asked, who do you say I am? And Simon Peter answered, you are the Messiah, the son of the living God. And Jesus replied, blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for this was not revealed to you by flesh and blood, but by my father in heaven. And I tell you that you are Peter and on this rock, I will build my church and the gates of Hades will not overcome it. If you have a King James version of the Bible, it says the gates of hell will not overcome my church. And so Jesus said to his inner core, his, his uh, immediate followers, as he's bringing them up and, and teaching them about how they're changing, going to change the world, he's saying to them, I'm going to build something so powerful that hell won't stop it. And so here's the first challenge I have for you today as a body of believers, as part of the, the kingdom of God, part of the community of God. What if we believed the church was unstoppable in Kansas City? Not, not what if we just said, well, I know the Bible says that, but what if, what if you and I together, we really believed that the church was unstoppable in our city? Well, the key to that whole uh, idea coming to uh, a reality is that Jesus said, I will build my church. And so the only church that can overcome the onslaughts of hell is a church that Christ is building. So it has to be a church where, where Jesus is at the center and he is doing a special work and he is at the inner core of that particular church and he's building something special. And so that means that we come together and unify there is power. Now, what's interesting to me about Kansas City, and I, again, I moved up here from Oklahoma about four years ago to take a, a church that, that was practically dead and, and restarted. And we started on the same birthday as, as New City Church. And, and what's, what's really cool about living in Kansas City and doing ministry here is um, I, I was here for a while and I met your pastor, Pastor Matt, and um, he, is, he is special. Like we connected at, at a very um, uh, a very easy way for us to connect. And I love him to death. I actually asked him to serve on my pastor accountability team. And so um, he's just been so generous to me as, as a brother in Christ. And now I'm part of a discipleship group of several pastors who meet over here on Thursdays and, and Pastor Chris leads. And so, you know, I kind of feel like I'm home right now, you know. I'm here so much. I, I, in the last few weeks, I've been coming over several times a week, planning for what if the church. And so I, I, I'm excited to be a part of what God is doing in your church. And the cool thing is, is that I did ministry in Oklahoma for, for years, okay? For, I was a pastor of the same church for like 15 years. And in all that time, I, in, in this short time compared to that 15 years, I was not as connected with people who were outside of my tribe and church as I am here in Kansas City. I'm so connected with so many different people who are a part of different churches and different pastors whom I, I don't meet with kind of some kind of ministerial alliance 
but they're my brothers, like, and I feel like they're in this with me. And that is an amazing experience to be part of. And I feel myself growing even as a, as a pastor at a, at a deeper level than I have ever had before. Um, and, and, and I think it's because I'm coming together with, with what God is doing in his church. And so God's intention for believers is that we come together and we connect at a very deep and powerful way. And so when we come together and we connect and we look at this passage of scripture and Jesus says, I'm going to build something so amazing that hell won't be able to stop it. The secret is for Jesus to be able to build it is that we have to come together and we have to connect with each other. We have to connect inside of a group of a body of believers. That's why it's so important for you to be here today is you're making an, an intentional decision to connect with other people in the kingdom of God. And there is power in that. And Jesus said that's what he was going to do is he was going to build a gathering of people that would be so powerful that hell would not be able to stop it. And so when we look and think about what Jesus is doing here, we see that Jesus is basically teaching us that the church has the authority um, to really assault the gates of hell. And so what happens is when we come together and we find confidence in Christ as we spend time with each other, then we, we take on this confidence and we begin to take a position, an offensive position instead of a defensive position. There are a lot of people in the kingdom of God that are in a defensive position. And they think and they think in terms of evil that's in the world and, and the enemy that we face and spiritual warfare. And they think in terms of I've got to defend myself against that. Well, Jesus didn't say I'm going to build a church it's going to be so amazing that it will defend itself against hell. Jesus said, I'm going to build a church, and it's going to be so amazing it will assault hell. And so the church is supposed to be in an offensive position where we are beginning to storm the gates of hell. Now, when Jesus talks about the gates of hell, he's using some imagery that's really, really important. In the ancient world, the elders would meet at the city gates, and they'd make decisions for the city. It was kind of like the city hall. Everybody would gather there, and they'd make decisions about what was going to happen inside the city. So when Jesus talks about the gates of hell, I believe what he's saying to us is there is, there is a time, a strategic moment, when evil forces meet at a particular location, and they begin to plan and strategize and try to set the agenda for people's lives. Uh, they, they, they meet there, and they, they try to set the agenda for cities. Okay, so there is a force that we're up against as a body of believers that is trying to set an agenda not only for your life individually, but for, for the city, greater Kansas City area and the entire world. And Jesus is saying that he's going to build something so incredible that, that it will assault those gates and it'll rescue people from the enemy. Now, I don't know if you remember um, when you got the keys to your parents' car for the first time. I mean, that is a cool day. Like, you're like, when your mom or dad, when you're young and you don't have your car yet, and they say, hey, take my car and run up to the grocery store, you're like, sweet. Like, and you change the station on the radio, you get all the tunes going, and you, you, it don't matter what kind of radio that car had in it, and if it was like uh, some kind of old grandma Buick car or something. You've got the bass turned up. And you're cruising down the street and you feel so incredibly cool. Why is that? Because you've been given the keys to this vehicle and you have access to independence and freedom. Jesus says something very interesting in verse 19. He says, I give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven and whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. So what if we believed we had the keys of the kingdom to Kansas City? 
Uh, see, keys give us access. So what if, we, what if we believe that we really had those keys that Jesus had given to us? And Jesus is talking, again, about this idea of binding and loosing. And he's talking about an uh, access or lack of access. He's talking about your key either working or it not working. So, in other words, when we do something that on earth that lines up with God's will, we have power behind it. The, the way a key works, you put it in the ignition, and the key has different channels in it, and it lines up, and there's tumblers inside of the, the lock itself. And that key is made to match those tumblers. And when you put it in there and you turn it because it matches, there is power behind it. It ignites, the, it turns on the st- starter in the, in the engine, and, and the engine fires because the starter is now turning. That gets its power from the battery. It all is connected to the keys. If that key doesn't match, you never can get that car started and you're not going anywhere but as soon as that key matches there is power behind it and jesus is saying i'm going to give you the keys to the kingdom of god and whatever you bind on earth will be uh, bound in heaven and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven and so i think what he's teaching is if we try to do something that that lines up with him there's power in it and if we try to do something that does not line up with his will there's no power behind it that's why in verse 25 jesus says whoever wishes to save his life will lose it so Jesus says, look, if you, if you go out there and you try to work out your own plan and you ask me to come into that, not going to happen. Like you go out and try to do your thing and make your own way and then start praying and saying, oh, God bless me. Not going to happen. The key doesn't match up. But if you lose your life for my sake, then you'll find it. That's how the key matches up. And so when we think in terms of uh, um, dying to ourselves and God doing something, and, and we come to this point where, where it's not about us anymore. And that's what I love about what if the church, it's not about my church. Like, I love my church. I want my church to grow. But my church is not the most important thing in the world. The kingdom of God is the most important thing in the world. And, and when my church comes together with New City Church, and, and New City Church and, and my church comes together with Impact Fellowship, and we form this triad, and these triads are happening all over the city, then there's an incredible amount of power in that. And I think that Jesus looks down, and I think he smiles. And you know what I think he says? When he looks down and he says, sees us in that capacity, and he, he sees us dying to ourselves in our own will, I think he says, hey, Here's the keys to the kingdom. Now, when we think in terms of, of, of dark places, what if, we, what if we all took our keys and we really believed God and we went into a dark place where he was doing something and we fulfilled what he is asking us to do? What if we believed together? My name is Pastor Manny with Hope Community. I'm a full-time plumber, and my wife and I live in this community in Northeast Kansas City. Growing up as a child, I was considered a highly abused kid. I know what it is like to be physically abused. I was sexually molested as a child, and because of that, I understand dysfunction. I I believe that's kind of the reason why God brought me to this community. I was a young man that was completely lost. I was raised Catholic, and one of my uh, mentors when I was a little boy, his name was Monsignor Freshel, and he knew, but he at that time the world was different. He knew something was wrong, but 
Monsignor Freshel was always there for me. He saw something within me and, and basically reached out and tried to help me in all kinds of different ways. I remember once as a little boy, my mother um, was really upset with me and she was very angry and I didn't clean very well. So I remember receiving a major, just a major beating. And I remember one time, Monsignor Freshel always would tell me, run back to Christ. I always would hear that. And I remember one time, I just got finished getting beaten with a, with a belt. And I was sitting on the front porch of my parents' porch and I was sitting on the swing, and I remember sitting there thinking about what Monsignor Freshel said to me, and I was on the swing, rocking, singing, um, Yahweh, I know you are there. And at that particular moment, I remember very clearly Jesus holding me in his arms and holding me tight. So to understand this function, I lived it. And so I believe that's why part of the reason why God brought me here to hope, because this is a dysfunctional area. So as I grew up and I became older, Monsignor Freshel was told by the bishop that he had to leave. When that happened, that really affected me. And the reason it affected me is he was my safety net. So as I grew up, God touched my heart, and I remember sitting in a church and it was a First Baptist Church of Raytown. And I sat inside there listening to a message and it shook my inner core. It just shook me. And I remember accepting Jesus Christ as my personal savior, but then I didn't understand it. So I ended up marrying my bride, Shannon, beautiful woman, a woman that just has a heart for the Lord, a woman that just has a passion for children, I mean, she, she would give everything for the children of this community. In fact, um, through our marriage, God really grabbed my heart and said, are you going to listen or not? I want you to go into the ministry. I want you to be obedient. I want you to teach people about Christ. As I, as I was going down this direction of God really tugging my heart, I remember in this church, I, I said it kind of like a, a disobedient child. I said, fine, I'll do it. I'll, I'll follow the call. I'll do what you want. But I meant it with my heart. And from that point on, I've never felt such a release, a complete release of everything. Um, God just grabbed hold of me and I started ministering to to uh, men that were coming out of prison, um, started reaching out to them, and then God drew my wife and I to the Hope Community, to this church. We have a passion to reach out to a community that's broken, a passion of reaching out to what a lot of other communities would consider lost. So um, that's where we, we're right here at 117 North Denver Avenue, Kansas City, Missouri, which in a lot of respects people would call the hood. So we're here and uh, reaching out to a, to a community that's lost. When we started this ministry, 
There was 14 kids, four adults. In all intents and purposes, this church was dead. And in fact, even the building was falling down. We received phone calls of children sleeping on our property in the grass. We showed up and we talked with the children. We found out that mom, the reason they were sleeping here is mom was selling her body for money. So we reached out to those children and, and, and ministered to those children. Then those children started changing and mom started coming to church and now mom gives her body over to the Lord. The church teamed up with the apartment building next door, which was completely full of prostitution and drugs. And God cleaned that apartment building completely clean from drugs and prostitution. I went blank. I'm thinking about Bobby. Hi, Bobby. I'm doing all right. How are you, brother? Did you get your bike fixed? Yeah. Okay. Are you going to... You doing all right? I thought you were supposed to go Wednesday. I was. Today. You're going to ride. Let me know when you're going to go again, and I'll make sure you get there. Okay. All right. All right, brother. All right. All right. I love you. And you let me know. We need to get you in there. Yeah. Okay. All right. That's fine. Sometimes I feel like I'm on a raft in the middle of the ocean and there's sharks all around us and we're ministering to them. There's always something heavy happening. Somebody's heart's getting broken. A child that doesn't have a dad, that wished he had a dad, there's always a heavy heart. Sometimes when hope would get real heavy and things would happen within our church, I would go for a walk and pray and just pray that God would give me the wisdom of what step to take, what direction to take. Well, one day I decided I was going to go for a walk and I decided to walk over here up to St. John Avenue. As I walked up to St. John Avenue, I walked in front of Holy Cross. It's a church right across the street from Hope Community. And as I walked up there, I looked at the, there was a plaque right in the front of that church, and that plaque was Monsignor Freshel's name. I found out that when I was a little boy, Monsignor Freshel had to leave Guardian Angels because of the bishop, and I found out he had to leave to go and save a church, and that church was Holy Cross. And now, here I am, God drew me to Hope Community right across the street from the same church that Monsignor Freshel saved, and God has put me in position to save this church. It's amazing throughout all the years, it's a testimony that God 
had always had his finger on this ministry. And now is we can see it play out throughout throughout the years. So I am believing in God for more. And my hope for this community is that you believe with us. So here's here's the big idea of, of today's talk. Is what if we believe together with Manny? <laughs> now, so I, I live... Um, in South Overland Park. And we have ministry challenges, okay? You have ministry challenges. But what this guy is doing, like God has called him to a hard place. They're offering, weekly offering, $250. He works a full-time job as a plumber. Right now, he told me he's working about 80 hours a week. Yet he's right in the thick of things, right there in the midst of hell's gates. And he's assaulting it. And so Jesus said, I'm going to build a gathering of people that is so awesome, that is so powerful, where people believe in me to the point that they will die to themselves and they'll give for my cause and rescue people whose lives, the agenda of their lives is being set by hell. So here's a guy who is on the front lines. He's like, he's there. Like, and he's radioing in. And I'm sure he's talking to the Lord Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit. And he's saying, hey, Lord, I need some help here. I just need some help. I'll do what you ask me to do. And he's radioing in for air support. And the call is coming in. And we're the air support. Like, I really believe with all my heart that the way that God has lined up all of these different pieces, the way he's brought our churches together, the way we've connected with Manny, is that God is saying, all right, I'm going to bring in the Air Force now. And so on June 13th, we're going down there. And we're going to go down there and we're going we're to take resources we're going to fund and help them do things that they could never do. Listen, I went in their church building and like you, you turn around and look backwards. And if you looked at the back of the church, like you look at the back of New City Church, you can literally see daylight coming through. Like the church, like to, to, to see what he's faced with. But yet he is so, he's pulled in so many different directions that he's just trying to give his life to, to the kids. And, and you saw as even Bobby walked up. I mean, there, Bobby is getting loved by, because Manny is there. But Manny needs help. And so what we can do for Manny, just simply by saying, you know what? I'm going to be the church. I'm not just going to say that I go to church. I'm not just going to say, oh, I'm a Christian. I'm going to believe Jesus. I'm going to follow him right in to the gates of hell. And I, I'm going to go down there and I, I'm going to help this brother of mine who's on the front lines. Even if it's just for one day, I, I'm going to be a part of this whole experience. And I'm going to go down there and do something with my life. You know what Jesus is going to say? Here's the keys. Here's the keys. Here's some power. So, oh, I, I don't have time. You don't understand. I've got this. I've got that. I've got the other. Jesus said, give me the keys. Give me the keys. Everybody's busy. Everybody has responsibility. But the call of Christ is on our lives. And I want to see Jesus do something amazing in our city.
And so the, 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 again, the big idea is what if we believe together with Manny? What, what if um, a, a, a New City Church took their keys and all Overland Park Community Church took their keys and, and, and uh, Impact Fellowship took their keys and, and simultaneously we just turned the ignition and unleashed power right there on Hope Community Church's campus. What would happen for Hope Community Church? I think great things would happen. I think the encouragement that, that Manny would receive would be off the chart. I think the, the people of the church would be encouraged. But I think more than anything else, I think New City Church would be encouraged. I, I think Overland Park Community Church would be encouraged. I think Impact Fellowship would be encouraged. And most importantly, I think you would be encouraged. I think you would walk away and have the same experience that I did. Scratching your head and going, man, God has called me to some tough things, but um, I can handle it. If Manny can do that, and Jesus wants to do a work there, and Jesus wants to do a work in my life, then I can believe God for more. And so that's what we need to do is we just need to believe with Manny. And so the challenge for you today is um, to step up and begin to pray. Just begin to pray about this day. What does God want me to do? And then the second thing is to sign up. On June 13th, we're going to go down there from 8 to 4. You can go on New City's website, and there will be a link that talks about um, uh, what if the church served day. And you can look at the schedule, uh, and, and you can connect and figure out how am I going to plug in um, to this experience and be a part of what God is doing. Now, your, your church, um, it ministers to people. I know that. I know that. Um, but I really believe in my heart there's a brother who needs air support and I want to challenge you um, to sign up to pray and let's assault the gates of hell on June 13th I'm going to ask you to bow your head and close your eyes and just reflect on what you've been challenged with today what does it mean for you individually What, what is Jesus asking of you today as a follower of his maybe for you you know, before you even think about sign up to serve, maybe you just need to sign up for that gathering that Jesus said he was going to build. Maybe for you, it's just a, a step of surrender. And you look at Manny's video and you go, man, I don't know if I've ever surrendered to the point that whatever he asked me to do, I'll do. And maybe for you, that's the first step. And so I'd encourage you that if you need to give your life to Jesus to do that. I mean, I can remember, just like Manny, I can remember when I finally said, okay, Jesus, whatever you want. And my life has never been the same since. Maybe you've never made that decision of surrender. Maybe you never started that journey of following Jesus. And then maybe you have, and maybe it's just a call to be involved. I don't know. I don't know what's going on in your life and what Jesus wants from you. But I do know that there is a brother in need who needs air support from the kingdom of God and that is us we are the body here on the planet Heavenly Father we thank you for this day we thank you for a time to be in your presence we thank you for an opportunity to participate in what you're doing in the urban core and we thank you Lord that our triad has this incredible opportunity to go down and and do something significant for your kingdom and, and we, we pray that we would see it more than just beautification. It's spiritual warfare and the power that we can bring to that place if we would just take our keys and unlock your will on the planet. Lord, we pray that you would help us to take the keys of the kingdom 
and do what you want us to do. We love you and thank you and ask these things in Christ's name.